0: Cause it's a pet, a destiny child You know it will be rockin' cause it's and insane It's just a pet, a
1: destiny child More precious than a diamond on a platinum machine. In Venice Beach there was a
2: man named K.
0: Well hello, we've all uh, quarantined ourselves off from each other by recording <laughs> this podcast in different locations me even being on the other side of the country So that we can't infect ourselves with Or, or each other <laughs> With a virus uh, This is The Pick I'm Colin Westman I'm joined by
1: John Otney And Sean Lemmy. Uh.
0: So yeah the, there's, there's this virus thing going around <laughs> I like the idea of
2: somebody listening to this and be like, "Wait, wait what?"
0: Yeah, breaking news. <laughs> we got we got your scoop here. Uh yeah. It's a it's a bummer. Lots of people washing their hands a lot. Buying lots of hand sanitizer and toilet paper. Uh I, I guess I just just curious to know what's what's life like for you guys john and sean since you're yeah. in the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak at least in the u.s i suppose in in seattle it hasn't I mean, been as bad out here
2: i mean what's weird to me is like i hear about all this crazy stuff like all the schools are closing no one's going to work if you're like in an office you know all the toilet paper's gone but I'm not experiencing any of it because I'm just not going anywhere. I'm purposefully not going anywhere. I just go to work, you know, and I only work with, like, a couple people, and then come home. And so it's really weird. Like, I'm afraid to venture out into the world. I don't know if you feel the same way, Sean.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was – we talked about this – I, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. But you came over to watch American Werewolf in London for that podcast, and when we ordered the pizza – Uh, The delivery person who came, like, refused to come in the building and was wearing a mask um, and was, like, being very cautious about delivering the pizza to us. Um, And that's been, like, as much as I've noticed it, is that there's that extra degree of caution. Um, Also, I am surely in the beginning stages of cabin fever because uh, last week the uh, The Governor said, like John said, uh, uh, anyone who can work from home should work from home. Um, so I've just been here by myself <laughs> for the most part for more than a week now. Um, it's 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 scary. It's um, you know, we've been through a few sort of epidemics in my lifetime. SARS happened and um, h1 n1. Uh but those all it was very easy to say, Well, that's not happening here, and it's not really a concern um but then this one it's, it's straight up you know back in January they're like there's one case, and now there's been the most cases here in seattle it's um it's alarming, yeah, I wish okay. I could be reassuring or funny about it, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, maybe we'll get there uh Eventually by talking about the movie Contagion, which is our pick For the week um, hasn't You been, son of a bitch What? <laughs> you mad at you me son of a bitch. for making this our pick <laughs> I <laughs> need
2: to take my mind off of this stuff
0: I don't know I, I've, well I can't really speak since I'm not in the I'm not at ground zero But for me I, I found it a little comforting Seeing that like, it it could be worse uh, anyways, let's talk about that's our little. A, that's a cold comfort.
2: Well, <laughs> it'll be worse.
1: <laughs> Tom Hanks has it, man. Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks, Hanks has it. Tom Hanks has it. I didn't hear about that. You didn't hear about that? No, I didn't hear about that either. Yeah, Tom Fuck. Hanks and Rita Wilson are uh, quarantined in Australia right now because they both tested positive for COVID nineteen.
2: No. It's pretty sad yeah.
1: it's pretty serious. All right,
0: so never mind it. It couldn't be worse. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> Tom Hanks has the coronavirus, this is this is serious shit, guys. We should cancel I'm the podcast. up my Tom
2: Hanks memorial pick for, uh, yeah. for my pick on the next episode. Yikes. Yikes! Just just it's looking right. through, to see what I what I haven't watched and what I didn't watch last Thanksgiving.
0: What's a Tom Hanks movie that no one has seen?
1: Um, what, by no it, ad- isn't it? You mean the three yeah. of us, or no? I just mean just, like s- no one talks about it. Yeah,
0: so. just society in general. Because isn't he no one is called,
1: like the God? man with
2: the red shoes. Oh, yeah, like punchline. A lot of the early ones He was in like a movie about like the evils Of uh, playing like Dungeons and Dragons too, Like Mazes and Monsters
0: You never heard of it
2: Well yeah You shouldn't have I'm trying to look look at the VHS of it Mazes and Monsters He's not even like the main character He's like supporting But there's like some pretty great posters of it Just google Mazes and Monsters See all the great Tom Hanks VHS's Fantasy game turns deadly. Because that was like a real concern in the 80s. Is like you're going to play Dungeons and Dragons and then suddenly you're going to be worshiping Satan and like, like <laughs> killing yourself. So no one talks it's, about that.
0: It's a, it's a gateway drug to suicide, <laughs> I guess.
1: Do you think uh, anyone saw The Circle? No. Oh. no. <laughs> That's like a pretty recent one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> no one knows well, what what, what it. can you tell me about you see, that's why nobody saw it.
1: It's like it's evil Facebook, right?
2: Uh something like that. Yeah, it was like a book or something. Is that
0: oh I forgot that both of those were Dave Eggers adaptations. He did that and he did hologram for a king. Which definitely fall under the category of Top Hanks movies no one saw.
1: <laughs> no one saw.
2: Do you think you've seen any Tom Hanks movies that most people haven't seen?
0: Um. Probably not.
2: I think I saw the great Buck Howard,
1: right? Yeah. I've seen the Great Buck Howard. Never mind. Everybody's seen that's like a weird one.
0: Oh yeah.
1: That's um I'm on his I'm on Letterboxd and I have his all Tom Hanks movies sorted by popularity. And the least popular one that I've seen is The Great Buck Howard. (laughs)
2: Because it's like Colin Hanks wants to be a magician And Tom Hanks plays disapproving father
1: (laughs) Saw it on an airplane
2: Oh that's a perfect airplane film
0: (laughs) I have actually seen Turner and Hooch Which is a movie People know But haven't seen
2: I definitely haven't seen it's on Disney Plus I gotta check that shit out Alright there's our Tom Hanks Memorial Yeah. Uh, Tell me about your little pick Colin
0: Okay, so my little pick Is a band I've been listening to uh, This past week Although I kind of checked them out previously But I bought one of their records on vinyl uh, And the band Is called Wipers They're Kind of credited as being like The first Northwest Punk band uh, Kurt Cobain liked them um, <laughs> This was like Early 80s Uh pre-grunge, um, and also, you know, kind of different for the time, considering the early 80s was like the era of hardcore punk, you know, very short, not that melodic songs. And the band's probably best album is, is a stark contrast because it's it has longer songs. It's more like dark and brooding and atmospheric but still like has the intensity of punk uh, that album being their their second album Youth of America but really all th- of their first three albums are really good and in in different ways like their first album is this real is a more like straightforward punk album and their third one Over the Edge is like kind of a combination of 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 classic punk songwriting but also like a darker more brooding, melodic kind of thing that definitely hints at at the other Northwest bands that would that would develop over the the rest of the decade. And um, I don't know. That's just a thing that I feel like I keep <laughs> being uh, more and more fascinated with is the the Seattle Northwest music explosion of the late eighties, early nineties. Even though I don't love all of those bands, it's just interesting that that this kind of hotbed of music happened here kind of tucked away from the the rest of the music scenes in the rest of the country and it was like i don't know it's kind of the same thing as like the british invasion where it seemingly happened overnight and yet it really didn't because there had been all these other artists and sounds that were just kind of bubbling. Uh, up to the surface very slowly And that it just kind of exploded Into the mainstream uh, But yeah, Wipers Good band
2: How'd you find out about this band?
0: Uh, I think I found it on like a pitchfork list Or something
2: Oh, I haven't even heard of them Yeah, I did not
0: either until like a year Ago or so
2: That's crazy Okay, cool, yeah. Wipers I like it Um uh, before I do my little pick uh Tom Hank's fun fact Tom Hank's first role was in a 1980 a slasher movie called he knows you're Alone." He had a small supporting role <sighs> he was supposed to be killed, but they said he was just too likable <laughs> so he lives in the movie. <laughs> And for some reason, I started going through the filmography of the director of He Knows You're Alone, and he directed a movie called Mr. Washington Goes to Smith. I just really like that title. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Mrs. Washington Goes to Smith.
0: Uh, Is Smith like a college or something?
2: (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, it is. Smith College. Sybil Shepard. Sybil Shepard plays Mrs. Washington, and she's going to Smith. It's like they came up with the title and they're like, alright. <laughs> We've got to build a
0: movie around this brilliant <laughs> this is, title. This
2: is too good of an idea to just not do anything with it. Yeah. It's produced in 2009 for the Hallmark Channel. Uh, but my little pick is, uh, I'm going to go with Devs, the new show from Alex Garland on FX or Hulu or FX on Hulu. I don't really know what that is, but I watched it on Hulu. <laughs> and this is a show about a computer engineer investigating the secretive development division of her company. And she believes this company is responsible for the disappearance of her boyfriend. And the head of the company is Nick Offerman, with a very funny haircut and a bushy beard. And he's very eccentric, and like he eats salad with his hands. And he's like a billionaire, but he lives in a crappy old house and has a crappy car, and he has all these secrets... And it's just interesting, because you're like, what are the devs developing? Is it something with, like, I don't know. I don't want to go too far into it, because it's very easy to spoil. But uh, if you like Alex Garland, then you're going to love this. It's just like everything else he's made. It's, like, cold, calculating sci-fi, kind of creepy. Like, in the middle of the campus, uh, there's this big, uh, like, really, really tall statue of, like, a child. It's very creepy. It's in a lot of shots. (laughs) The show stars uh, Sonoya Mizuno as the um, the engineer investigating the disappearance of her boyfriend. And she's been in a couple Alex Garland projects in small roles. So it's cool that she finally gets to uh, star. And some other people have been popping up in it. Um, Steven McKinley Henderson, who's going to be in the new Dune, uh, is on the dev team. He's pretty funny on the show. Also, uh, Edward Norton's boss from Fight Club. <laughs> is uh the head of security and he's actually really good in the show even though i'm not really familiar with that actor zach grenier he's very creepy uh, yeah creepy interesting beautiful show really wondering where it's going i'm i assume something really really trippy and weird so yeah check out devs on hulu or fx or both i don't know
1: i will i promise
2: yeah, I feel like if you're into Legion, you'll like this show.
1: Yeah, you know what I've been doing though is I've been catching up on Westworld. Uh, season yeah, three yeah. is coming. I'm
2: I'm I almost want to because I saw that Marshawn Lynch is in the new season, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want to see that.
1: Uh, it's it's fucking confusing. Maybe I'll make that a little pick sometime. <laughs> um, but I, for uh, for this week to to stay on theme. Um, we had a, a party on Saturday at Brian's house, uh, my cousin, and um, the hand sanitizer was made. Um, we were drinking Corona beers. Um, you guys had a germ party, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the, the the main thing we did that night was play My Little Pick this week, Pandemic Legacy, a board game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So a good a these, <laughs> there are these. Um, Legacy games now. Um, Risk Legacy is the only one I know about besides Pandemic Legacy. Um, where the idea is there's like an ongoing story. Um, and every time you play, you change the nature of the game somehow. Uh, and Pandemic Legacy. Uh, so Pandemic is a board game where you, you and uh, the other players are, are a, a team of uh, uh, disease control specialists trying to um, treat and cure diseases around the world. And uh, and in Pandemic Legacy, uh, the whole board game takes place over the course of a year, um, which you play out in um, two-week, roughly, uh, segments. Um, So this was our third time playing, so we're in uh, the first half of February in the game. Um, And already, because of us having lost before, um, one of the diseases has become uncurable, and um some cities are rioting and panicking and you can't build cdc uh um research stations there anymore um and we've also like you get to when you play you pick a character class but you also get to like name that character and give them a backstory so like um one of the characters we named dr scientist and like now she has a friend van diesel um I who came up with that name. name. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> did you come up with Doctor Scientist or did you come up with Red Cross? I couldn't remember which one was your character. I think I came up with Red Cross. R e d d j r o s s, like oh, Cross.
2: Yeah, crisscross. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it's it's you know I like these uh, board games where um, you're all working together towards a common goal, and Pandemic is fun because it really just spirals out of control uh in in a in the way that diseases can um yeah really i feel passed. like the yeah.
0: only times i played it like we thought we were on the verge of curing the disease and then like at the last second just like everything blows out of control yes. and we lost lost everything goes to shit
1: yeah
0: kind of sad
1: um it's a pretty simple game to pick up you just use um cards um that are color-coded and have locations um to either cure diseases or move around the world to treat diseases um but yeah the legacy aspect of it makes it really addicting and it's um it's a fun it's a cool game i'm sure you can get it on amazon or whatever um or you just pick up regular pandemic if you if you want to learn and you're not ready for the fun of writing things in pen and putting stickers on things and tearing up cards um there's there's like a whole like sheet of like additional mechanics to the game that are, they're all like hidden under cardboard. You can only open these sections up if you do certain things in the game. Uh, it's a cool little additional element. So I would recommend Pandemic Legacy, for venting your anxieties. I don't know if I would recommend our big pick for that same reason.
0: Why not? Because a lot of people
1: die, man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: but like Matt Damon's okay, so It's fine <laughs> Um, So, Contagion I was gonna Try and do like a history of <laughs> Flu Pandemics oh. In the lead up, but I, I Just, I couldn't, I don't know enough About like science and shit <laughs> I'm just not that smart, so maybe I'll instead talk about uh, the career of Steven Soderbergh, Uh, one of our most prolific directors. Possibly, I don't know. It's weird because he took that little break in like 2000 or was it like 2013 or something? He quit supposedly, but then he came back. Yeah, like Jay Z. Uh, but something I kind of noticed about his career is he definitely started doing mostly genre movies, specifically genre movies in the crime genre, particularly in the 90s with, like, Out of Sight and The Limey and Traffic and Notions 11. And then it feels like in the, I don't know, Late 2000s, early 2010s He starts doing more like Based on a true story Type movies I suppose he did that earlier with Aaron Brockovich But then he starts doing like Shay and The Informant And then You get to a movie like Contagion where it's like It's It's not based on a true story but it's certainly Inspired By real life and also Using Sort of real feeling events In a way that also feels a bit like a genre movie So it's kind of a hybrid for him in that way I I would also say side effects Feels very much of a piece With uh, Contagion Which he also worked on with writer Scott Z. Burns um, And they had previously worked on The Informant together I have not seen The Informant Have you guys seen The Informant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like all right.
2: Yeah, that's definitely okay. <laughs> I mean, that's
0: the thing with a lot of these, uh, like late two thousands or twenty like tens, even up until now, Steven Soderbergh movies. It's like, it's weird that he's he feels like such an essential, talented filmmaker, but they're always like pretty good, never quite amazing, but definitely always. Solid At the very least uh, I might say Contagion is one of His better movies From this period um, Anyways uh, They Decided to make A movie About A flu Pandemic And how that Happens uh, I think they had Previously wanted To do a movie About Lenny Reifenstahl The Nazi Filmmaker uh, but they just didn't think it would attract much of an audience Since that seems like an inherently, uh, I don't know, tricky subject Since a lot of people think Lenny Riefenstahl was contributing something artistically to something abhorrent um, And it's interesting that this movie is kind of, I don't know, it feels like a big budget Blockbuster movie since it's about a Very big wide ranging Like global catastrophe Type subject but it's treated In a sort of matter of fact s- Sort of scientific way Um Like, like, like it, it does feel <laughs> it's like a, a Roland Emmerich movie but With like actual science And thought put into it Um so, I guess, uh, and I guess another interesting thing is that Scott Z Burns had begun doing research uh, for the movie, sort of more based on the SARS epidemic, I believe. And then, like while he was doing that research, the 2009 H1N1 swine flu thing happened. Which I think informed a lot of the script And also probably made this movie feel a little more real Because people had just lived through this thing Although it, it It's weird because I don't remember H1N1 that clearly Like I remember it being a thing People being a little on edge about it um, Reading a little bit about it today It seemed like it was kind of the opposite of um, the coronavirus Because it was more uh, Fatal to young kids As opposed to older people So it's 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 nice for us Us guys right in the middle Who, who don't have to worry in either situation Even though it's impossible Not to worry On some level
1: uh, Yeah, I mean Even if you're not worried about Dying from disease You can still worry about Being sick and being a carrier, Um, like it's not fun to be sick, and also I don't want to live with any sort of knowledge that I spread a deadly disease. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: So how do you? How do you want to go through this one? Do you want to take the approach where we go character by character? It's a little harder because there is like an overarching. I don't know, snowballing of the virus In the In the overall plot
2: We could Alright Do you have a list of characters to go through? Like what order they go in? Like least important to most important Or in some sort of Or a like chronological order
0: I don't know what the chronological order I, I guess it'd be easiest to start with Gwyneth Paltrow who's <laughs> what? Mrs. Goop Mrs. Goop, she starts it all Spreading her goop around.
1: I think yeah, that's a little unfair. She didn't start it. That chef started it.
2: That's true. That's the. It twist. wasn't the chef. It was the pig. But so then again, the <laughs> chef should have known better. That I guess it's the bat.
1: Yeah, if we're going to the pig, it's really the bat. But I, I'm not. I'm not going all the way back to the bat. I say it's the chef. He.
2: Yeah, he has to wash his fucking hands.
1: Wash your goddamn hands.
2: <laughs> that is like the most chilling end to this movie it freaks me out yeah when we see how it all began and it seems so simple and it killed so many people because some fucking chef handled a pig that ate a banana that was dropped by a bat <laughs> and then didn't wash his fucking hands while cooking the pig and then shook hands with Gwyneth Paltrow and she's fucking sick and having an affair right
1: yeah, that's the thing. Is she got sick and then was like, "I'm going to tour the world." <laughs> that's
2: that's what I love so much about that opening sequence with her is how Soderbergh like focuses on every single thing she's interacting with. Like, mm. oh look, she ate a peanut. She's touched this. She touched this glass. Yeah. I and mean, you just keep thinking about everyone touching everything
1: yeah. and how easy it is to to spread. There's that montage with Elliot Gould later where he goes to the bar and he's just disgusted by everybody <laughs> in the bar because it's like, oh god, they're just touching and wiping and getting gunk everywhere. So she gets super
2: sick from her trip to China. What would what was her job?
1: Uh, well, it seemed like she was a fancy like CEO or not like CEO, but she, you know, she worked for a big fancy company. Okay. And she had her
2: affair with, uh, during a layover right?
0: Yeah, I believe it was yeah. in yeah, Chicago that's...
2: So just spreading that junk everywhere man. Yeah
0: mm-hmm.
2: On her way back home to Minnesota fun fact that I read on IMDb, none of the Minnesota films were scenes were filmed in Minnesota. My God. I'm sorry to break that to you, Colin. I know Minnesota's you yeah, have it close to your heart.
1: Pretty pretty disappointing. <laughs> Where were the Minnesota scenes filmed? I gotta look that. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you guys keep going. I'm
2: gonna. Oh, look this. I'm gonna feel I, this. I think
0: okay. I found it. It's
2: <laughs> okay. Good.
0: It looks like it was Chicago.
1: Oh, okay Big.
2: Chicago, Chicago. Big shocker.
1: Shocker. That's where they pulled ah. some of the Dark Knight.
2: Back to Matt Damon What is I don't remember Anybody does Do we know what he does
1: Does it matter what he does He's his dad That's I his got job. the impression Yeah he's a stay-at-home stay at home dad She's a working dad. mom He's a stay at home dad
2: And they have a son And a teenage daughter And it seems like They're pretty happy But she comes back And she's not feeling so hot it, This thing kicks in Pretty quick Did they break <laughs> down How fast it really Takes you out Some. It seems like It's like God Like 10 days. hours or something, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah yeah, Maybe a few days Cause, yeah, she must have made it through a night or two Before she starts Um, I mean, yeah, it starts out just like A hardcore, like, flu, but then there's, like Seizures, and there's, like, foaming at the mouth Uh, just totally out of the blue It's freaky as fuck, man
0: Yeah, and then they take her into the hospital And there's... That scene where the doctor's just like Yeah so we tried our best And uh you know She's dead And Matt David's like uh, Okay C- can I see her now And that's
2: He didn't get it He's walking into like an Abbott and Costello bit I
0: know it's just like <laughs> Shit it, it just
1: happened <sighs> Yeah Poor guy And then it gets a lot worse
0: uh, I can't remember where all the doctor people come <laughs> into play.
1: Well, so, well, as he's going home, he gets a call from the babysitter and uh, their son is, is going through the same uh, symptoms. He's right, having a seizure. Right. Um, and so, like, in a day, he, he loses both his his wife and his son. Um, and this is what triggers the the autopsy. You know, when the doctor was talking to Matt Damon originally he's like I don't really know what it was we could we could do an autopsy but mm-hmm. I don't know if that will clear anything up but now that the son has also died that's that's when I was like oh shit something's, something's going on and you get that scene of them cutting her head open um,
2: that's the scene I remember most for Gwyneth Palcho. that's her best performance <laughs> in this movie is when they take and peel her skull cap forward
1: yeah so. And they see something in her brain that they're like, oh, shit, we got to call everyone. Yeah.
0: I wonder what that was.
1: I wonder what that was, too. I don't know. Is it a tiny egg? I don't think it's... alien <laughs> yeah. egg. Oh, nice. That's-, <laughs> That's the one thing they don't explain, is that if people could live longer with the disease, they'd all hatch aliens out of their brains. <laughs> Whoa. But fortunately That's for us, cool. the human body's more frail. Mm, yeah. and we just die instead. And it
0: ju- just rejects its host.
1: <sighs> I want to
2: say pretty early on we meet Jude Law.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh. It, Fucking
2: Jude Law. Is this first you know, scene
0: where he's bugging Elliot Gould? They're based in San Francisco.
2: He's bugging somebody at a at a paper or some sort of media. Oh, like. that's
0: right. Yeah, he's he's at like an actual newspaper, bugging some lady that later dies.
1: Yeah, because he's he thinks he's onto it before everyone else, and I guess he kind of is because yeah. he sees the uh, the the Japanese man die on the bus, um, and and he's like, this this is something. This isn't just a pranker or. or someone fainting this is serious
0: yeah because that's another thing the movie shows is other people that were affected by well we learn later affected by gwyneth paltrow in that restaurant that have just like gone about their lives but they just like look like shit and
1: eventually break down and die yeah And and you feel so bad for the one guy, the the waiter who, not only does he get sick, he like accidentally stumbles out in the street and gets run over by a bus. It's pretty gnarly. <laughs> like, why does he deserve that? So oh, yeah, I guess,
2: try- yeah. I was just saying we didn't talk about how it gives you blurred vision. Yeah make sure we get all the symptoms out there so if anyone you know no one at home, if you have the contagion virus at home so you know you have it
1: yeah so so colin do you want to continue and and talk through matt damon's whole plot now or are we pivoting and going to talk about just what's going on in the early stages with all the characters
0: yeah maybe we should just pivot because it i don't know does matt david doesn't do that much for the rest of it, well, he becomes he a germaphobe. Yeah, I mean, he's locked up in quarantine. Understandably so. Yeah, <laughs> had a rough go. He
1: he also has the best scene in the movie for me, um, where he's being interviewed by Kate Winslet uh, while he's in quarantine, and she has to tell him that, um, his his wife who just died cheated on him in Chicago mm-hmm. right before she died. And he's just devastated and pissed. It's great. Yeah. Really entertaining. Okay, so we're talking about the early stages then. So mm-hmm. so yeah, Jude Law is uh, a blogger and conspiracy theorist. Um, which is kind of... It's funny because this, this type of character is someone who definitely exists now. I think um, much more than uh, nine years ago. We, we have these uh, anti-science folks um, who will clearly have their own monetary motivations uh, spreading misinformation. Um, but the depiction here, because it was like before social media was as big as it is now, it's like he's just a guy who's like, oh, I get 12 million hits a day over and over and over. Yeah. It's all about those hits. Um, but I think I think uh, early on the movie kind of wants to make you feel like, oh, maybe this guy's onto something. Maybe there is a conspiracy, uh, and it's only later you realize what a piece of shit he is. His
2: name's uh, Crumweed.
1: It... So, you, are you saying, John, you think he's supposed to be a villain the whole time? No doubt about it. No In M-D-D? retrospect,
2: it seems like it because his name's Alan Crumweed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that definitely, name. that was, like, going into, it, like, in those early scenes, I was like, this is the guy who's gonna, like, he's gonna know the, the truth, but no one's gonna believe him, but really, he's just the guy who's gonna take advantage of it and lie a bunch and, you know, try to become a celebrity, which seems yeah. very realistic, <laughs> fuck this guy.
1: Total piece of shit, and we'll, we'll see what he does later, um, I think this is also when we are introduced to, uh, Larry Fishburne for the first time uh who is i i don't know what his official job is I, he doesn't work at the cdc does he i thought he did he does I Thought he was like head of the cdc he's head of the cdc okay. he seems
0: very prominent in the cdc he's like holding press conferences and stuff
1: Okay, cool. So they, so he's the CDC guy. Okay, because yeah, the, the, the WHO is uh, the Marion Cotillard part. Okay, so that makes sense.
0: And he's also weirdly close with like the janitor there. Yeah, John, John Hawks.
1: Hawks. <laughs> remember that guy? Yeah, he was he was having a moment.
2: He's, you say remember him like he doesn't work anymore.
1: <laughs> What's he been in in the 2010s? Oh, I don't
2: know. I last mean, time I'm, I remember <laughs> seeing him was in that Iron Lung movie. That was okay. I feel
0: like he was in a lot of stuff in the early twenty tens.
2: Looking it up. Like Lincoln. Like this. I'm I'm telling you guys he's in tons. Oh. St- three he's billboards Lincoln? outside Ebbing, Missouri, remember? Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Peanut butter Falcon, he's in Lincoln. The Iron Long movie. Deadwood the movie.
0: In Winter's Bone
2: Yeah, see he's he's got work. Alright, good
1: for him. He's a good actor. Yeah. He's a good janitor. (laughs) He's a good janitor. He just seems like a good dude. He's trying to take care of his surprisingly young kid.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Considering he's like a single dad, assumedly.
1: Last single dads in this. Maybe he adopted Because the uh, movie wants to kill all the women. um,
0: Basically. I mean, they started it. <laughs> Which is also misleading because of that f- fucking guy that did wash his hands. He started yeah. it.
2: It Ugh, I sure. hate that guy.
1: <laughs> Greatest villain in cinematic history. Yeah, it's easy to blame Gwyneth Paltrow, but it's that guy. Fuck that guy. Um. So Lawrence Fishburne uh, sends Kate Winslet uh, out to investigate what's going on uh, in Minneapolis. Mm hmm. And Kate Winslet, also job unknown. She works for us, just
2: just because I'm looking it up right now. Uh She is an officer for the Epidemic Intelligence Service, which is uh, very specifically, uh, I mean, it is uh, part of the Centers of Disease Control, but like a specific division that's like specifically for stuff like this, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: for epidemics. So she knows all about like
1: how many times people touch their face. Yeah, she's one of the first like I'm here for exposition characters, but she's also, um, I think, like just the best person morally in the movie. Um, Pretty much. Like the the moment where she dies is the saddest moment for me because she sees the person uh, in the bed next to her shivering, and she reaches out to hand him her jacket, and that's the moment she dies. It's so like she she cares so much about the public and taking care of people that even as she lies there dying, she's trying to help someone else out. It's, it's, that's a hell of a person. Yeah. Um, but she lays out early on uh, how we're all stupid. We don't wash our hands. We touch our face all the time and a million other things in between touching our faces. Um, and she lays out the, the how the, they need to f- first figure out how quickly the disease is going to spread and where it will be spreading And that also sets up uh, Marion Cotillard's character, right? Because she's at the World Health Organization, and they're teaming up with people in China to um, find out where the disease started, trying to find that chef.
0: I don't remember how far along it is that she gets, like, kind of held hostage. um, Oh,
1: yeah, but that is I feel like the, the movie sort of forgets about her, right? <laughs>
0: well, that's the thing—is she's just like hanging out in this Chinese village for a long time, and then she gets to go home eventually. Also, there's Elliot Gould, who I believe knows Lawrence Fishburne because they're just like leading science guys. I can't remember why Lawrence Fishburne is like telling Elliot Gould that he needs to stop his research into the disease, but he, like, doesn't listen to him and keeps doing his research, but finds a vaccine of some sort? No. What is his breakthrough? uh,
1: He finds a cell culture that is capable of growing the virus. Mm -hmm. Um, So what that means is that then other scientists can grow um, the disease in labs and Test vaccines on it. Okay. So that's so that's like the first step to discovering a vaccine is being able to have it and reproduce it and sustain it.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of science stuff going on in this movie that's a little beyond me, and yet I appreciate the way that it doesn't feel overly jargony. Like I, it breaks it down in layman's terms in a way that I feel like I understand, even if I don't really. Mainly because of the way they use the Kate Winslet character, like there's the scene where she's breaking down the whatever that ratio is for how how many people a disease will infect if the are not r not if if people are exposed to it, mm-hmm. like that stuff's all pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes the yeah, pretty accessible. It's the it's that thing where it's like people in movies are explaining something to characters who would all have this knowledge yeah. in reality, and you just have to be like, well, whatever. There's I, we need to, we need to learn this somehow because we don't have this knowledge. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a lot of the case with uh, Jennifer Ailes' character, where like she's a genius working with other top of the field geniuses, but she still like has to. Put everything in layman's terms and answer basic questions like, is getting sick bad? Just be like, yes, it's not good to be sick. I
0: do kind of wonder if that's what these people's lives are like when an outbreak like this happens. Like them just constantly having to explain these things to other government officials who don't understand how the <laughs> the human body works.
1: Yeah, right. Because there's a that's a Brian Cranston's character, right? He's like, uh, he's from Homeland Security or something, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Is this a terrorist attack? <laughs> is this a bioweapon? Yeah, man. And, and then Fishburne's like, "We don't need terrorists to spread this disease. That's what they do. It, it's doing that on its own." Yeah. Army guys only understand terrorists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that was this was back in 2011 when we thought like we, we would we would have a president and government that are that believe science. So only only the army guy would be like, oh, it's got to be terrorists. <laughs> they they never could have predicted. Instead, we'd have a Congress and a president who were like, this is all a hoax. Science is a hoax. Science is a hoax. <laughs> I think that's the uh, the thing about this movie that makes it not as comforting as some people are talking about it. Mm. It's, this is a movie about hyper-competent people who make the right decision at every point. Um, and it still goes really bad. Yeah. And I just don't feel like we have these people in our reality in the position to make these same decisions.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's debatable (laughs) it's hard to ever know how much sway smart people have in the government at this point I I guess that is the scary thing about the coronavirus is it it doesn't feel like anyone knowledgeable is in charge even though I'm sure there are people just like the ones depicted in the movie that are doing good work and then selfless work it's just it's scary because you don't know (laughs)
2: Oh no, dude, if contagion was real, the death percentage would be a hundred percent. We would <laughs> we're like so close to that stage where the guys start like looting the stores already. We're like we're we're almost there right now.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: <laughs> There's gonna be just wait, Colin, in a couple weeks, we're gonna have toilet paper bandits.
1: I I think I've seen that there have been like fights breaking out in pharmacies already. Mm.
2: Yeah. Purell's making a killing, literally.
0: <laughs> They're killing people and mushing them up and turning them into Purell. That's not what I meant. I, I assume okay, that's that what works. you meant. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyways, is is there anything else to cover before the movie kind of transitions into being like a post-apocalyptic type of movie?
2: Well, I think we've forgotten the most important character in the entire film. Is it uh I'd...
0: Dimitri Martin?
2: Yeah, as Dr. David Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Who could forget?
2: Doesn't have a line, right? I don't remember a line. Yeah, does he, he does. Okay, I, I don't think like he has a line. It's just probably I feel like not I think he's just staring unlikable. with his mouth open in one of those suits.
0: He's just like, "Wow, lady, you're smart."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious
1: yes or how her thanksgiving was and she says she worked through the whole thing and he's like oh mine was good
2: the real question is how was her hanksgiving did you guys know that tom hanks is the youngest person to win the afi lifetime achievement award
1: <laughs> i did not know that yeah
2: and he has a collection of 80 vintage typewriters i feel like it would be more because i've heard he collects typewriters but you know I guess 80 is a good amount if they're, like, really valuable ones.
0: It's just, like, you gotta store those. They're heavy. Can't use them for that much.
1: Yeah, we all know that Tom Hanks lives in a two-bedroom apartment. He just doesn't have a lot of space.
0: (laughs) He's pinching pennies. It's like he spent all his money on Larry Crown. These weird passion projects are killing him.
1: I mean if we're going with like the smallest parts Of the movie isn't um is it Mathasar from Uh from Galaxy Quest In this
0: oh yeah uh, Enrico Colantoni Enrico
1: <laughs> Colantoni Fucking
0: love that guy
2: <laughs> Oh from Just Shoot Me yeah 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 he's there <laughs> yeah. uh He's there near the end at least that's what I remember When they uh I don't want to jump ahead But you know when they confront uh Jude Law
1: Yeah He's like gotcha bitch <laughs> You are our last hope. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I forgot he was in that Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I remember the other... Wow. The, like the one, the guy with the very prominent eyebrows. I remember that alien. Who's that alien? The guy with prominent... Jed eyes. Reese is the name of the actor. He's also in Elizabethtown, and he was in Deadpool... As Jared slash Agent Smith slash the Recruiter.
1: Don't remember which, any of that. Which which alien does he play?
2: He has like thick eyebrows. I don't know. He's one of like the main ones after uh, Mathisar. He's like second, the second. biggest is,
1: one? Is he Teb?
2: Uh,
1: yes, he's Teb.
0: All right, Sean, do you still have your Galaxy Quest trading cards?
1: <laughs> uh, not, not here. Maybe okay. somewhere in my parents' house.
0: You can't access them though.
1: Maybe possibly if they've not been thrown out. I, I don't know. She,
0: you gotta grab those fast.
1: Yeah, I, I got all that knowledge up in my dome.
2: Sean can't grab those Galaxy Quest cards now. They're all, they're contaminated.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. It's true. <laughs> <You laughs> can' burn them with a flamethrower. Can't go to Kirkland. No way.
0: Okay, so yeah, there's like it's, uh, chaos is erupting in the world. Matt Damon and his daughter just trying to go to the grocery store, and like sick ladies just coughing on him. He's like, ah, get away from me.
1: Got a wire.
0: Oh, I did forget to mention there's that scene where they're trying to contact, I think, someone who works in one of these health organizations. And they're like, oh, he's sick. And then they call him. And he's on the bus. And it's just like, what is he doing on the bus?
1: Yeah, he worked with uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow. He was at her fancy corporation. That's right. And he had picked her up from the uh, the airport. Yeah. And he's, like, coughing all over the bus. But he's also, he's, like, a good dude. Like, get off the bus. He's like, okay, I will. You know? I feel like in a lot of movies, that's a great place to put a character. He's like, "Fuck you! I don't know who you are. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to the wing dome. I'm not going to stop for nobody."
2: Yeah. Yeah. If Bill Burr was playing that character, <laughs> like, what do like, you mean? I
0: gotta you. get off this bus.
1: Oh, God. I'm not gonna There's take orders co- from a woman.
2: <laughs> and then he goes to Wing Zone.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, There's also the scene where Matt Damon's Like Afraid that people are going to break into his house With like shotguns and shit
1: Doesn't he hear shooting next door Yep
0: yep he hears gun Gunshots Even in his Sleepy Minnesota suburb
1: Yeah so he just like steals his neighbor's Shotgun
0: Yep.
2: He's also got to protect his daughter From her horny boyfriend
0: Oh that's right or, like, trying to, trying to kiss in the snow.
1: Yeah. You know he dirty.
0: He's a dirty boy.
1: <laughs> he a dirty boy. Also, something that stood out to me in that scene where they go to the grocery store mm-hmm. is he tells his daughter, Hey, just go get the cereal. Like, <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good thing to, to like, a, like, a long-term food. Milk only lasts in the fridge for, like, two weeks.
0: risking their lives for a, a box of cereal. <laughs>
1: for cereal
0: i mean john would do it john loves the cereal gonna
1: eat that shit dry that's how you're gonna stay alive dry cereal i'm sure maybe they have i'm getting some cereal after this podcast
2: (laughs) we have i have some frosted mini wheats upstairs we stocked up because we had it's one of the essentials to survival Mm -hmm. that and toilet paper apparently guys toilet paper you need to go get some toilet paper it's all gone
0: it seemed a little unrealistic that people weren't killing each other over toilet paper in this movie.
2: I'm sure those those bandits were after, right? When they're going into that, breaking into people's Ooh, houses. Yeah,
0: They're breaking into the pantry under the stairs. Get the, get the good stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, I think a detail we forgot is that um, the reason they're riding at the pharmacy is because they want to get the forsythia, That's right. which is a A homeopathic treatment for the disease that Jude Law uh, depicted on his blog working for him. He 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 has a video, right, of him getting sick and taking Forsythia, and he gets better. And so everyone's like, this guy's got it figured out, and he knows that the government's just trying to make money and kill us all, so we got to get that Forsythia.
2: Fucking crumbweed. Yeah. He's lying.
1: That's what we find out later He's a blind piece of shit Luckily uh, Mathisar Shuts that shit down (laughs) Yeah
2: (laughs) There's the scene where they attack uh, Lawrence Fishburne's wife Senna Lathan's place as well
1: Yeah Is that after that he uh, He tipped her off That she's got to get out of Chicago Before they close the city down I
2: I think so yeah
1: Pretty fucked up but yeah, that's uh, that's how they uh, they sort of end up sidelining Lawrence Fishburne's character for the uh, the back half of the movie because he makes this choice to um, mourn his fiance to get out of town, um, and at, at that point, Kate Winslet's character had died too. So he's just beaten at that point, and it all comes down to Jennifer Hale.
0: Oh, yeah. How does she find the cure?
1: It's weird. They how- were testing a bunch of vaccines. Oh, do you not want me to answer? No, go ahead. i was <laughs> just gonna
0: say it's weird how like the first half of this movie is a lot more memorable than the back half. Um, do they
1: do? She's she. They're testing a bunch of vaccines on monkeys, mm. and one of them works on a monkey, and um she is well aware that um, it will take months to get um, human trials done and to speed up that process instead she vaccinates herself and goes and visits her father who is uh sick with the sick with the disease and uh and she's just a big goddamn hero mm-hmm. saves the day but uh, but of course that doesn't you know mean everything's good they still they still talk about it. it's going to be like a full year of them distributing the uh, the vaccine to people by their birth date yeah.
2: a birthday lottery that's fun
1: <laughs> that's fun yeah i mean imagine
2: how excited you are when your birthday gets pulled so it's fun for some people yeah.
1: Lawrence Swi gets to be a big goddamn hero because he uh, he gets two vaccines, one for his fiance, one for him, and he gives the the one meant for him to John Hawk's son. And it's like, oh, that's really sweet. They're best bros. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. we have like a fantasy football team together or something
1: best yeah. bros,
2: just like Tom Hanks and Bruce Springsteen, who apparently have been close friends since their childhood. Does that add up, right? They're close childhood. in age. Childhood. That seems wrong, but I just I've read that on multiple Tom Hanks fun fact sites.
0: <laughs> it's like they Let's grew see the up age in breakdown here. completely opposite parts of the country.
2: Well, clearly they knew each other at some point as childs. As childs. I was... <laughs> I'm more uh, curious about the age difference um, How it's, big is okay. the age
0: difference? I don't even know who's older
2: It's like 7
1: years I'm looking for pictures of them together
2: Oh, no, it's definitely Bruce Bruce is 1949 and Tom Hanks is 1956 But yeah, you're right They, they, they are at least born on opposite coasts I've read this on multiple sites, you guys this is not something that I just... Pull. I, I have checked multiple sources on this.
1: You guys, forsythia <laughs> works.
0: <laughs> Anything's true if you believe
1: what? it. Oh, yeah.
2: I read it on 25 little nifty facts that you may not know about Tom Hanks. And another one. When
1: you, when you search for Tom Hanks, Bruce Springsteen, you get a lot of pictures of Bruce Springsteen with Barack Obama.
2: Really? Oh, Hanks Bruce They must have at least like hung out during not that like Bruce Springsteen was on the set of Philadelphia, but like maybe he was <laughs> when he
0: came to set a, a day or two. I don't know uh, of any other Tom Hanks movies with Bruce Springsteen involvement.
2: Well, I, I, I see some pictures of them on SNL in the early 90s. That's the oldest I can find.
0: <laughs> but they're childhood gonna dis- friends, apparently. I'm going to dispute this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it really add up. Really I think this is a conspiracy. doesn't. G-Law should be writing about this. Yeah. Yeah, and we mentioned it earlier. There's some, like, like uh, what's what's going on in that village or whatever? Marion Code Isn't there some, like...
1: Placebo or something Yeah, Marion Coates Gets kidnapped By the, her, the other The Chinese government liaison That the WHO had been working with mm-hmm. And then She's just like gone from the movie <laughs> And then at the end they're like Oh she's like set up a school in the village She was kidnapped in Because she's just like a 100% good person Um and then uh, when a vaccine, when the vaccine's created, they ag- agree to exchange her for enough vaccine for everyone in the village. And what happens, Colin? Uh,
0: they have like a deal on a bridge, and the guys like give me the, <laughs> give me the vaccine, and they do. And you think for a second that they're gonna just take the vaccine and not. Free Mary and Cotillard But then the van drives away And she's just like standing there on the other side of the van She's like woohoo Yay me (laughs) Yep But There's a but What was the but
1: When they're at the airport The guy that delivered the medicine Tells Mary and Cotillard That it was all uh, Placebo They didn't actually give any vaccine And so Marion Cotard's like Fuck this and she walks off I think presumably to go call the people In the village and tell them what's up But we don't know
0: Yeah She's just that nice So yeah you know, A lot of these people are doing The best they can but some of them are just Acting in bad faith Because That's what you get pushed to when you're in a Desperate situation
1: Yeah, I think uh, you have um, Lawrence Fishburne's character making a a selfish decision but a very relatable one. Um, You have Matt Damon overreacting. And and then all the women die. You know, justice.
0: Um. Sure. (laughs) Not all the wood, but uh, Yeah, it was a little weird That like none of the Provident male characters die Not even Jude Law
1: Not even Jude Law Just kill him
0: Yeah Just throw him off the Golden Gate Bridge
1: <laughs> I love him walking around in his improvised uh, Suit I am uh, I don't know what those are called <laughs> It's like a space suit It's like a hazmat
0: suit But yeah. for disease
1: It's great It's pretty good He's all puffy He's
0: yeah. like a little spaceman.
2: Alright I got two comments Not so much about the movie More about the effect of the movie And other things outside of the movie That I want to mm-hmm. ask you guys yeah. um, My first question is why is it that everyone had already seen this movie like when it came out, except for me? Well, how did everybody... like? Was this a hit? Like, What's going on? I feel like everybody... I, and this is before coronavirus really broke out. I feel like everyone I knew had already seen it. Mm-hmm. Why was everyone rushing out to see this in 2011?
0: I think it's just because it had everybody in it. <laughs> there okay, aren't so the movies yeah. that have this many big stars. And honestly, you don't see it much anymore, where it's like a big... I mean, kind of like medium, big budget movie that's like a big ensemble cast.
1: And it's not like a franchise movie. Yeah. How many of these people have been in a Marvel movie? Uh, Matt Damon, yes. Lawrence Fishburne, yes. Jude Law, yes. Gwyneth Paltrow, yes. Uh, That's probably it, right? Has Demetri Martin been Uh, in a Marvel movie? I don't know.
0: Chin Han was similar. in The Dark Knight. He's the guy who's good at calculations. <laughs> oh. Iconic role. Uh,
1: was he also in Captain America?
0: Uh, or the Avengers? Is so he one of the World Council guys? He was in Captain America, the Winter Soldier.
1: <laughs> it's Councilman nice. Yen. So, so yeah. Back-to-back movies with council people from... <laughs> The Avengers.
2: I think you're right though about the the ensemble all star cast because I was looking at this older um, article uh, where they're talking to Steven Soderbergh and he's pitching like the movie as like it's like an Irwin Allen movie and you know of course he's referring to in the 70s they had movies like the Poseidon Adventure and the Towering Inferno where they'd get like Steve McQueen and a bunch of celebrities together and put them in a perilous like disaster scenario. But the difference being that those movies are all about people like banding together to survive, and this is about people like going off, like it's isolating themselves from each other to survive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a modern day take on an old, old kind of throwback kind of film.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And my second question is why do you think people are revisiting this? Like, why is this the go to movie to talk about right now? Uh, for coronavirus like this is number like this is in the top 10 of iTunes downloads and everything like <laughs> why are people so drawn to contagion
1: I think for me it's actually the same answer as my answer to your first question which is that it has a reputation for being uh, pretty scientifically accurate to the to its depiction of a pandemic and the treatment of it in th- the 21st century um even now i feel like the biggest criticism i see of the scientific accuracy of contagion is that the timeline is is fast it's faster than it would have been um you know the 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 symptoms take place uh take hold uh, almost immediately it seems when you're exposed uh and also the development of the vaccine happens very quickly um both of which you know given our real world example uh aren't going as fast. as we know that if you're exposed to COVID-19, it takes a couple days for you to first develop symptoms and, uh, and they're anticipating it'll take at least a year to develop a, fa- a vaccine. So uh, on both ends, it's a little slower, but other than that, you know, the, the it seems like the actual story we're seeing is pretty realistic.
2: Unlike outbreak. <laughs> I was reading about outbreak recently. You guys ever see outbreak? Dustin no. Hoffman, Mm-mm. where it's like a about a bolt, like everyone in the world's like getting Ebola. Oh no! And they like cure it with like they get like this like make a serum from the plasma of like a single monkey, and it like cures everyone in the world as if one monkey has enough plasma to uh, make serum that will help everyone.
0: So he's a magic uh, it's monkey. Ridiculous!
2: It's a magic monkey. Okay. Dustin Hoffman and a magic monkey save the world
1: yeah it's funny they even talk about um using the blood of an immune person in this right matt damon brings up well now that i'm since i'm immune can't you use my blood to develop a cure and uh kate winslet has to explain that that'll take way too long to to actually be a viable solution bummer bummer
2: Outbreak. Another Wolfgang Peterson film. He keeps coming up on this uh, podcast. Or maybe it was just in conversation when we were talking about Enemy Mine. (laughs) Mm. Because he has an interesting filmography. We'll probably get into that someday. God, what a weird career. Made DOS boot, never-ending story, Enemy Mine, In the Line of Fire, Outbreak, Air Force One, The Perfect Storm, Troy. All sorts of (laughs) crazy shit. Not as consistent as someone like Soderbergh. Because, yeah. yeah, like, does, Soder- does Soderbergh have, like, a bad movie? A bad movie.
0: I mean, I haven't seen all of them, but I I can't say any of the ones I have seen qualify as bad. I don't know. I feel like people were pretty lukewarm on the good German, <laughs> whatever the oh, hell yeah. that is.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: It's uh, It's like Casablanca or something. I don't know. I All I have to go off is the poster.
2: <laughs> it looks a lot like. Yeah, this is probably his worst movie.
0: <laughs> I just assume it's. I mean, it's probably not terrible. It's just probably just boring.
2: But it does have George Clooney, America's sweetheart. I mean, of course, after Tom Hanks. Do you guys want to know Tom Hanks' perfect sandwich? Tom yeah. Hanks' perfect sandwich.
1: Okay, okay, you get go.
2: you get spelt bread. Spelt bread is kinda like wheat. Um it's like a specific kind of grain. Yeah, already it's like fuck, well how am I gonna do this?
1: He's so rich, he's so out of touch.
2: <laughs> well, but that's the only thing weird about this. You get spelt bread, and then you get ham, Swiss, mustard, lettuce, no tomato. And that's the perfect Tom Hanks sandwich. Colin, you'd like that, huh? you Does he have tomato. mayonnaise on it,
1: or is it just mustard? No just mustard. Mm. Just mustard.
2: This spelt bread must be pretty out of this world if you don't need that much to put on it. It
0: seems a little simple for my taste, but uh, Tom Hanks is a you know, he's a simple man that everyone can enjoy and maybe that's what he sees in the sandwich.
2: <laughs> he sees in the in this what he sees in the sandwich is what we see in him. Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, did you have a third question?
2: I, said, I only had two questions.
0: You no. Know. Okay. Also, to answer the first part of your first question, me and Sean saw this movie together the first time, but we didn't see it in theaters. I think we saw it a few months later because we were trying to catch up with the best movies of 2011. And we were like, yeah, all right. That was pretty good. Probably wasn't like- as scary because you know, H1N1 had come and gone and we didn't give a shit.
1: I mean, ever since I first saw this movie, I've been yelling, wash your goddamn hands I mean, that's, all the time.
0: that's definitely uh, uh, something you can take away from this movie at any point, no matter how close or far away we are from a flu outbreak.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so funny to see that scene again where she's talking about you know, how often you touch your face and how people need to wash their hands more often, and, and that's like... That was the whole first few weeks of it breaking out here, is just awareness of how often you touch your face and how much you need to wash your hands.
2: Didn't uh, t- like not washing your hands, didn't that also also cause the downfall of society and rise of the planet of the apes? <sighs> Probably. I feel like that was a big part of it. Someone should make a letterbox list of movies where not washing your hands...
1: Uh, All you have to do is wash pandemic. your hands. It feels good. I don't know why you wouldn't wash your hands every chance. I think
2: guess. I don't think it's the hand washing as much as people don't like drying their hands.
0: <laughs> it's true. That's not as satisfying as the washing.
2: But like I, you know, I'm like just go wet, man. Sop it up. Go Stop. wet.
0: Fuck <laughs> around with wet hands.
2: You can just shake them around. Yeah. Like you're pretending to fly.
0: I mean, that's what you do when they're out of. Paper towels at the in the bathroom, but it's embarrassing. Get the doorknob all wet.
2: Just use your elbows. It's See, yeah, you, ha- you gotta learn how to live with this stuff, you know. <laughs> it's true. I haven't like used my hands for anything in like weeks.
0: Just use your feet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, everyone says about, like, washing your hands. Can you spread it? Of course you can spread it through your feet. I'm going to start using my feet. Just suppose people
0: wear shoes in public and they don't, like, open doors and
2: eat meals with their feet.
1: I think if I was in a bathroom and I saw someone else take their shoe and sock off and open the door with their bare foot, I would be trapped in that bathroom. I would never be able to leave. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, first of all, you got to put your foot back down. You're stepping the bathroom with your foot. <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> oh, man. We got any Sean's goofs this week? Yeah, there's one thing I noticed that I see is also on the IMDb goof, so that's the one I'll go with right. uh, when Elliot Gould is looking at the uh, the sample he has. He scoots up to his microscope, uh, his microscope, like still wearing a full mask. And it's like you can't, you can't see into a microscope with a big goddamn mask over your face. Yeah, you get your eye way in there. Not very realistic, you guys.
0: <laughs> that's that's not too bad. That's the one goof in this highly scientific movie. I'm sure there are others that only the hardcore science heads will notice. But
1: um, It looks like a lot of What you see on the IMDb Goose page Is like They say that there was a case in South Africa Later on when you see a map That part of South Africa is not affected Mm-mm. And it's like oh Well maybe the map guy didn't read the script or whatever.
2: <laughs> I like that it has a section On its IMDb that's crazy Credits <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, crazy. It's a new, new bit.
2: Crazy credits. crazy credits. We have two entries for crazy credits for Contagion. Uh, first, crazy credit. There are no opening credits.
1: Pretty Second,
2: crazy. crazy credit. The colors of the Warner Brothers Pictures logo are slightly faded.
1: Oh, and that's yeah, your crazy
2: cause... credits. Oh,
0: gotta say, <laughs> <laughs> kind of an underwhelming first installment of crazy. You credits.
2: know, you, you know who does a lot of crazy credits? Tim Burton.
0: Mm. In what way?
2: Like usually playing with the Warner Brothers logo. Oh. Usually, like I feel like in maybe Batman Returns, it's like there's snow falling and it's like kind of blue. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And then in Mars Attacks, like the Mars Attacks, like oh, like a flying saucer flies by. And I feel like he's done a couple other ones. He loves his crazy credits. He's a crazy guy. He's crazy. I like to, I like to peel that guy's brain. Is that the expression? I
0: thought you were going to say, like, <laughs> peel the skin off his head and do an autopsy on his brain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just want to uh, see like what's ticking in there. Yeah. I want to find them eggs.
0: <laughs> that guy's definitely got eggs. Oh yeah, brain eggs. so I'm assuming the contagion virus isn't on villains wiki.
2: No, no, there's not gonna be one of these for every uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. not every movie has a clear-cut uh, villain <laughs> in that way.
1: Can, can we go to John's Royce Gallery anyway and just see if Jude Law is has ever been on there?
2: <sighs> I'll, I'll give it a look. I mean All right, the- I'm heading over to villains wiki. And I'm going to look up Alan Crumweed, whatever his name is. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but that's how it's spelled. Um, no. Um, what if I just type Contagion?
1: Jude Law is in Villains Wiki, okay. but for a very different part.
2: Oh.
1: His character from Captain Marvel is in Villains Wiki.
2: Um, no, when I get Contagion, I get, uh, a Marvel character called Contagion, I get Clayface for some reason, <laughs> I get the infected from 28 days later, uh, no, I'm sorry, it's too hard to classify, I mean, what are the hobbies of, uh, <laughs> this virus?
0: Other than making the world's population's lives a living hell
2: exactly and what type of villain is it i guess you could just say it's like pandemic or just yeah. infectious disease hey at play. it could
1: be the it could be the type of villain that uh, that yon-rog is what is that you guys know what type of villain Yon- is? Rog. he's Yon- a genocidal conspirator <laughs> hmm. oh yeah yeah it's trading
2: i'm on there now yeah yon-rog Obvious training. <laughs> I like it when they uh, they list a
1: goal and then they say whether or not they succeeded or failed. <laughs> yeah, in case you're wondering, his goal of wiping out the scroll race and killing Veers failed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Man,
2: attempted genocide is a pretty bad crime. <laughs> 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 think anyone's ever been arrested for attempted genocide? How do they know if they're attempting that? I don't know. It's interesting though. No.
1: I mean, Hitler killed himself. Almost
2: as interesting as the fact that Tom Hanks used to be a bellhop and once carried the bags of both Sidney Poitier and Cher. Also, Tom Hanks once visited Graceland, and when asked what it was like, he replied, it was sad. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie guys, some of these Tom Hanks fun facts are, uh, are getting worse. I mean, I've enjoyed
0: them. I appreciate that you've uh, filled this movie about a very depressing subject with something that we all okay. love.
2: I don't like the. I don't like to know that Tom Hanks is sick. Luckily, you know he's one of the most important people in America, so he'll get the best medical attention.
1: But he's in Australia.
2: Oh shit! They got like spiders that eat falcons. There, he's so fucked.
1: I don't like to think about. He's old and he has diabetes,
2: which is uh, why I'm not sure. Like I was for my for my pick for the next episode, I was considering doing another disease movie just because <laughs> it's what's you know, the big first right three now. Movies, I just don't know if I actually want to watch any of the other ones. So yeah. I'll let you guys know what that is. But I'm probably more of leaning towards my more fun film. Um, I guess I'll tell you guys what my virus film would have been. I was considering picking the Andromeda strain
1: <laughs> but the good book. <laughs> the good
2: book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I feel like that's gonna be really boring. Um, it's uh, what's his face? Not Mike. Michael Crichton obviously did the book, but the film version was directed by Robert Wise and didn't Robert Wise also do the Star Trek movie? I mean, he's yeah, the he's Done one. a
0: lot of stuff. He's at a
2: I know, weird like he's and done everything from West Side career. Story yes. to The Haunting to Santa of Like mostly great work. But the fact that he's also done Star Trek, the movie, <laughs> makes me think Andromeda Strain is the most boring movie ever made.
1: He also did The Day of the Earth Stood Still. This guy is all about taking his time. Yeah,
2: man. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Probably it's it's crazy. I'm looking at the cast. I don't know a single name in it. That's so weird. How is that possible? Um, but I think people have said that for the most part, uh, the science in it was uh, accurate for the time. But the reviews are just okay. So I think I'm going to go with a different film, probably, um, that you get. You guys know I like to tie into things, themes, whatnot, what, things that are going on. Um, this movie just recently celebrated its 30th anniversary this month. And that is the hunt for red October.
1: Fucking yes! Oh my god! Which I've always wanted just to see. the Blu-ray, you guys.
2: Uh, yeah, thirtieth anniversary was earlier this March. Uh, it just sounds like fun. Everyone, I, you know, I read up on it, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, this is just this is a good time, man. This is a great thriller, and it's got an it's amazing so cast."
1: Oh, it's so good.
2: And it's part of that uh, that John McTiernan. Uh, triad, triad yeah. of like just like blockbusters man, this and Predator and Die Hard and one fell swoop I mean look at this cast, Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, Scott Glenn Sam Neil, James Earl Jones, Jeffrey Jones Tim Curry, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, former presidential candidate Fred Thompson, Courtney B. Vance, god not a lot of women in this movie I've seen <laughs> boys at war man. I don't think there's a single woman here in the cast that's
0: not surprising it is a war movie but you know.
2: and what what I want to know is how many yeah. of these actors are doing Russian accents for the for the Russian characters I'm very curious to see what that's like <laughs> I'm super excited uh so yeah we'll we'll have some fun the hunt is on <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yeah we well, we'll have some fun with that next week uh, yeah not much going on on the blog right now other than uh, this podcast which we all love uh, John are you gonna do your cast. top horror movies of the 2010s or is that dead
2: um I have the list I'd but I need to, to, to write it, it.
0: yeah that's I the mean hard part. would it be
2: anticlimactic if I just made it a letterbox list? Sure,
0: but that's your decision.
2: Maybe, oh, you mean re- sure it would be anticlimactic? It would be
0: anticlimactic, but I'll respect <laughs> it if that's the route you have to go.
2: Maybe if I did, like, a post just summing up what I learned and then <laughs> do the list on Litterbox. like that. Because the thing is, like, so for people I don't know what we're talking about, I want to do a list of my uh, favorite horror movies of the decade. And at first it was, like, my top 100, and then it was, like, oh, maybe my top 50 but still, that's still at least like 50 paragraphs At least It's a little intimidating uh, So I don't know what I want to do with that yet I have my list I want to get it out to the people I'm still figuring it out Like how I'm going to do that But hopefully, I'm not going to give up on it It's going to come out to the world in some way So you can see my top 10 horror movies today, Top top 10, those 10 no, Top 50 at least Top 100 of the 2010s. Top, top, top 500 Top 500 Top five. I definitely have like at least like 50, like fifty, sixty that didn't make the hundred. That's
1: a lot. Yeah. All right. Could you you do a top two thousand and ten for the twenty tens?
2: I don't think I've seen that, (laughs) many. I think I saw Letterboxd I've seen like two hundred something horror movies Mm. from the twenty tens.
1: Do you think you've seen two thousand and ten horror movies total? Alright. now this is the part of the podcast where I go to my letterbox. page.
0: <laughs> <She> never <laughs> just has to wait. Okay. Quietly waiting. To... We,
2: uh, why did, it doesn't have to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no one else to listen to that.
1: Colin, do you think you've seen 2010 movies total? Total. Probably. I can tell you on Letterboxd, where I don't think I've logged every movie I've seen. I'm only at 1,716. Okay.
2: So I have, I have only logged nine hundred and thirteen horror movies, total
1: on Letterboxd. Okay, sorry guys, couldn't couldn't even do a top one. And and (laughs) some of those
2: are shorts too, so even that's a lot. Here, let me—I think you can make it so you're not looking at shorts. That'll probably take like a hundred off of it. Uh, Yeah, seven hundred and ninety-seven feature-length horror films. What a disgrace. Why? What is the order of this page? Like, when I see on this first page, I got like Vampire in Brooklyn. I guess I must have rated it recently, even though I saw it in the nineties. Two stars. Time to see
1: it. For those of keep me score at home, I've only logged 125 horror films on Letterboxd. Uh, total. Got some yeah. catching
2: up to do with me, Sean. You only got to watch 600 more. And you should start with What's the first horror movie I ever logged On Letterboxd Friday the 13th, that's coming up That'll be when this episode drops, hopefully
1: Yeah A dark day You should watch it,
2: Kevin Bacon's in it (sighs) (laughs) That doesn't sound too excited (laughs) Kevin Bacon
1: I've seen it I think
2: Okay it's got a guy in it that says
1: you're doomed
2: to points <laughs> at the kids.
1: This is the one where they're at the the lake, right? And the, there's the bad Sean, lady Sean, that's at the like end. six of them.
2: They take place at Camp Crystal Lake. Of course it takes place at the lake. That's a saying yeah. on Elm Street. It's the one on the street, right?
0: Yeah, but there's yes. one where he goes to Manhattan. I- that's crucial. <laughs> okay,
2: this. okay, but he spends most of it they spend most of it on a boat. They're only in Manhattan yeah. for like ten minutes.
0: That's disappointing.
2: What- there is a disco on the boat though.
0: Is it just like some guy's boat or is it like the Staten Island Ferry?
2: Uh it's like a big like it's like I don't know, it's kind of like a ferry, yeah. Mm. Okay, I don't want to spend too much time on this cuz we got to wrap this up. But do you know there's like some time jumps in the Friday the 13th movies that make the timeline like really messed up like I did the math once and um Jason takes Manhattan takes place in 2002 if you're going by like the timeline because <laughs> in one of them they like jump ahead like eight years which makes it takes place in the future and the movies are just all in the future yeah so jcx manhattan takes place in a uh, post 9-11 new york <laughs> it's a weird so series cool. of movies check out my reviews of them on mildlypleased.com i've reviewed all of them
0: yeah do that and also, uh, you know, tune in next time when we talk about the hunt for Red October. But before you do... On. What?
2: I just said the hunt <laughs> the
0: is on. The <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody just, like, stay safe and wash your goddamn hands, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Goodbye.
1: Self-isolate. Yeah. Do that. love much too much Keeping
0: my
2: temperature so I Girl, you're taking fire in me Keeping me hot in ecstasy Contagious You're turning me upside down
1: Contagious You're bringing my love Jones to the ground Contagious